Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Vodka O'Clock Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Love from AmberUnmasked.com, and thank you to the generous supporters at Patreon who keep things like this show and my work going. The work includes weekly cat detective stories and my novels. So uh, thank you to them. You can become one at Patreon.com slash AmberUnmasked. Joining me back on the show, I cannot believe it's been two, three years, is Stephen yeah. Blackmore. Holy crap. It's like three years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. I was like, oh, we just talked like last year. And then I was like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like well, we were just know, talking about how time means nothing. So. Yes. This, this year has been 15 years long. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We remember when we thought. 2016 couldn't get any worse no <laughs> yeah and the universe was like fuck <laughs> you <laughs> uh hubris mm -hmm. absolutely so um yeah so the last time we talked it was because uh your, your eric carter book three i think or four and uh, so it's, it's book five is it just came so out so yeah, so now book five, book five is out. So, um, yeah, we were talking about what did we talk about? Hungry ghosts, yeah, yeah. Obviously, mm -hmm. so ghost money is now on its way out. Now, is this the one where, um, like, publishing was kind of like up and down? And this is before the quarantine pandemic, whatnot. Like, was this? I can't remember one of the books. I, I thought you had like some publishing issues that. Oh no! I, this was that was actually that was actually Hunger Ghosts, oh, and okay. that was uh, about a year late. Simply because I had um, shit. I I had shit. I had yeah. shit. Uh, you know, uh, wow! Yeah, depression. Yeah, hit hard. And it really fucked me up. So I am uh, uh, not doing that again. Okay. I, I'm I'm doing what I can to make sure that that does not happen. So it's and so so the process from um, from that. I mean, I hope you didn't like beat yourself up about it. Oh God, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, but don't. That's kind of. <laughs> Kind of goes with the territory. Yeah, I know. I know it does. <laughs> I know. Um, but um, you're you're with the same like agent and publisher yep. and also actually then... different agent now. Oh, different agent. Okay, different agent. And uh, she actually just uh, we just signed a another three books in the Eric Carter series. So I'm actually working on that one. Uh, Ghost Money's book five. Uh, Bottle Demon is book six. I just turned in a final draft of that. And then uh, the next one is called Suicide Kings and started working on that. So there will, there will continue to be Eric Carter books. That's so wonderful. I'm so excited to hear that. Uh, you know, I am, I am surprised. Oh, <laughs> I, no, I, I honestly, I, I am. It's like, okay, well, you know, just the the idea that I'm doing this kind of surprises me, and mm -hmm. um, the idea that people seem to like them surprises me. But that's, I think, just you know, me. 
<laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to feel like that no matter what. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just part of any, of being a creator in yeah. general, you know, yeah. if it's a comic book or, or, you know, a cartoon or something and people are like, oh my God, do you like me? <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if I, if I'm at a con and somebody comes up to me and recognizes me or asks me to sign a book, I am, I am terrified. It's like, I, what, what, why <laughs> is there, is there something wrong with you? Um, and I think, and I think that's just something, I mean, there's something I'm trying to get past because it's, it's that, well, clearly you like my book and I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because one, it's my book and I'm glad that you like it. But also that's kind of a dick thing to do. It's like, Oh really? You like this piece of shit? Like, no, you know, it's it's just don't, don't want to do that. Um, so yeah, but I mean, it's, it's kind of intimidating. Uh, and I know, I know a lot of people who have a lot more of that kind of thing going on and they seem to do just fine. Um, it just, I think it just is, uh, I'm, I'm babbling by the way, just sort of rambling. No, though, so, no, um, but that's, but the imposter syndrome thing is like a real oh, yeah. thing. You know, and, and that's one of the things I actually have to, I have to remind myself of is, um, the fact that, and I think this goes for anybody with, I think it's just, just imposter syndrome in general the fact that you are in a position to feel like an imposter you have to you have to be in the room right in, before you can actually feel like an imposter you know yeah. it's like, okay, like I'm if around you all if, these people well if you never even get your draft done then right. i mean if you're you if know. you're in a room with other authors or on a panel or something like that and they and, and they are your peers whether you think you're worthy or deserving or not, clearly you're doing something right. So I try to keep in mind that if I've got imposter syndrome going on, um, that means I'm not an imposter because I couldn't right. be in the room to feel <laughs> imposter syndrome in the first place <laughs> if I wasn't already able to do that. So it's it's a hard thing to hang on to, though. Um, but that I, I find myself uh, having to remind myself about that a lot. Well, um, obviously we, we hang with the same writers uh, online mm-hmm. anyway. Um, a lot of the same folks like, uh, Tom Pluck and, um, mm-hmm. uh, Dennis Tafoya, all these wonderful people. Um, they're awesome. Hillary Davidson. I just finished her new book. Don't look down. And oh, it I've, is, heard, I've heard really good things about so, that. It's so good. It was so, so good. Um, and I didn't realize it was a book too, but I, I, I got the galley and I was like, I was like, oh, this is a book too. I like immediately went and like bought the book one, you know, I was like, I love these characters. This is amazing. <laughs> so, um, but you were talking about, now this is the Eric Carter series and obviously mm-hmm. you get to take a break once in a while. You, you know, you work on these anthologies with like some of our friends that we were talking about. Um, so you can give your brain something else to do, but otherwise living in this world that you've created, and we're talking like a, uh, an urban fantasy 
horror noir mm. type thing. Um, Eric Carter's a necromancer, just to give you um, an understanding of where we're coming from. So to live in that world and, and you're working on, it'll be like 10 books eventually. Um, uh, yeah. So um, I I know when it comes to like actors have dropped out of long running shows because they're just like, I just need to be somebody else. I need to do something else. Like they, it's not that they're ungrateful, but like, do you mm-hmm. at this point have any issue with living in the, in your world that you've made? Um, I, I ask myself that sometimes, um, I'm not sick of it yet. Uh, I've, I've also, gotten i think a better handle on uh, on the character and the world itself and i'm trying to expand that some more so it's not all coming out of it's not all, all through eric's voice and and coming out of eric's head uh there are other things going on in that and yeah he's the he's a point of view character um but being able to grow him, even if it's even if it's slow, because he's he's a certain way and he's not going to you know flip over a, a new leaf overnight, um, if ever. Um, I don't I don't think that I will get sick of it, uh, because I think there's a lot to tell in that world. Uh, I may not be writing all Eric Carter. Uh, and also I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna think too hard about that because I've got you know, I've got three more books, three more years of this, four actually. Uh because book six will be coming out next year and then so that'd be twenty twenty one, twenty two, three, twenty four. Uh which wow, twenty twenty four. It doesn't Jesus. seem like a real year. Like, what? Is that a re- <laughs> is that real? Um so it's not something I have to worry about too much right now. Uh, also, I'm I want to do other things in addition, and in order to make in order to make writing work as an actual as an actual career, um, where where this is just what I do. Uh, there's a lot of other things I have to do. I, you know, I can't, I can't just say, okay, one book a year. Hey, you know, I can't live off of royalties. I can't live off of uh, advances. And uh, it was, it was actually kind of funny. My wife sent me a, uh, an article of a sort of a realistic plan of this is how you can actually be a full-time author and, you know, have, have a living wage and, and it's none of it was new information mm-hmm. and it was all, okay, so this small amount is actually what you get enough books. And a lot of it is panels, teaching classes, speaking gigs, things like that. There's a bunch of other ancillary pieces that go into making that. And it's, I think, important to, for me to remember that that's that's how it works uh we aren't in i mean i'm not stephen king i'm not putting out you know 
mega blockbusters and I'm really not trying to. Um, but there are other things that I can, that I not only can, but really need to be doing. Um, right now I've, I've got, um, uh, I've got a Patreon at the moment, just started it recently, which, you know, during a pandemic when everybody's losing their jobs, a great time. I know. To start one. Uh, but you're not the I'm, only one who did too. I know people that have oh, had yeah. their Kickstarters launched and everything. It's... Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to do a couple of things in that, not just, Hey, here's some interesting comment, you know, throw a couple bucks my way. It's more, um, I'm, I'm writing a novel on it and I'm not editing it. That's so, super cool though. I think that's so awesome. And and I've, thank you. I hope it turns out to be, but part of it is the idea. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to write, say, okay, here's, here are, here is, you know, we've gotten up to this chunk of scenes and then I want to be able to go in and say, okay, this is what I was trying to do. This is how I tried to make it work. I don't know if it worked and I don't know what's going to have to change because this is a rough draft. So, so is that so? Are those like comments um, that you're also making as posts in your Patreon? Like, will for, be will be because I literally be just for, started it. Okay, so um, yeah, because I do a similar thing. Like, I put up the weekly cat stories, um, mm-hmm. but then for for bigger projects, I have a tier for behind the scenes stuff, which is you know like my top tier people. But um, but I always love behind the scenes things like especially like about comics and movies and and so and that's why I love interviewing authors and uh, because I, I love to nitpick and find out what's in your head and you know how you overcame some uh, roadblocks or or whatever it comes up I think it's interesting you know I, I think for any creator that's those kinds of conversations are important craft conversations because it's not just, um, well, how did you structure Act One, and where did you break Act Two, and how, which, how, when did you hit certain beats or things like that? Some of it's so. How did you get past the fact that you know your mom died while you were writing this? Right. It's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's that's important, you know, because people people may run into that or just standard like what about writer's block? What did you, um, you know, everything, everything that goes into making the sausage as it were. Right. Well, and you mentioned, you know, having depression for, for uh, up to a year. Uh, I mean, that sucks the life out of you. It sucks the joy out of everything. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, so I, is the Patreon going to just be like your name or is it S Blackmore? Is it, um, Do you, what's the address? I'm wow. Know? I'm honestly not sure. Let me. Um, and how do you pronounce your wife's name? Is it Kari or Carrie? Carrie. Carrie. Okay. Yeah. I've been following her on Twitter for so long, and I'm like, I feel like a dope that I don't know how to actually <laughs> say her name. Hey, I get called Stefan all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it is Patreon.com/slash/sblackmore two o's and an e yes 
Um, your name, though, doesn't doesn't boggle me as much as Jonathan Mayberry, <laughs> whose name I never spell right. I can spell Swarzynski. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's something though. That's something though that you have to learn and really try because that that's like you've given me a puzzle that I have to solve. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember the. And for anybody who's reading this or reading, listening to this, doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. Uh, this is an author, Dwayne Stravinsky. And I sure, and I, hey, I just mispronounced it. Um, who does novels, comics, screenplays, fantastic writer. And uh, nobody can really seem to spell his name right. So when I finally managed to do it the first time, without having to look it up, I, I, I emailed and said, dude, this is like a defining moment for me. <laughs> it's amazing. He, yeah, he's impressed when people pronounce it correctly. And I'm like, hey, I grew up with Polish last name. So, you know, I'm golden. But I don't, I type terribly. So the fact that I might type it incorrectly doesn't mean that I'm spelling it incorrectly. That's a whole different thing. My typing yes. sucks. Like, I mean, I'm, you know, I mistype the all the time. Oh, you know? it's same here. It, so it's yeah so so that's a different different thing but um but s blackmore awesome and um i yeah i i wish you the best it's i love patreon as a as a platform it's gone through some growth and there's was some pushback i will say this um for people who are listening since it's a digital platform um and in certain states, like I can remember this from years ago, you will get sales tax now charged. Um, that's new because it skirted around the, the law um, the, and the law had to catch up. So it was just like when I could buy music off of Amazon or books off of Amazon and mm -hmm. I, you know, and I never paid New Jersey sales tax from it. And then all of a sudden, New Jersey, you know, this was like three governors ago, was just like, hey, wait a minute, people are spending kind of a lot of money on the internet. <laughs> yeah, who knew? So, um, yeah, so that's so those types of growth things do come up. Yeah, and and that's and that's a uh, I think that's inevitable. You know, all these things are going to change. Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know if this is going to be, I don't even know what to, what to call success. Um, like how, how do I define it for Patreon? Like X number of patrons, X number a month, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I haven't actually dug into, um, like the best way to approach certain things. Um, uh, Mostly, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to give um, interesting content. I mean, I've got uh, so on on Twitter, I have, and I haven't done as much of them recently, just because you know the world being what it is. Um, <laughs> uh, sort of these fake horoscopes, right? You got kind of well known for those, yeah. To to the point where I. Uh, I was at the I was at the Nebula dinner, and I'm at this table with editors and you know from different publishers, and we're just kind of introducing ourselves. And I say, yeah, I'm, I'm Stephen Blackmore, and and the woman across from me says, "Oh, hey, you're the horoscope guy." 
Yes, yes. Not not an author. Not you know, just I'm the no. horoscope guy. Exactly. Um, and that's and that's fine. So what I'm doing on the Patreon is uh, longer form, once a month. You know, here's here's the monthly predictions for each sign rather than like on Twitter where I do one or two a week. That's just like a, you know, one line kind of thing. Um, and then I'm trying to do also just, Hey, here's, here's uh writing advice or stupid bullshit I'm thinking about or whatever. And then I'm doing the, uh, uh, the serialized novel. Um, who knows is it gonna is it really gonna work or take off or do anything for me don't know but i'm doing it anyway because because all these things were things i was going to do right so, so let I me ask well you this as someone because i'm i'm not agented i would love to be still querying um when it comes to doing something like a Patreon and a serialized novel, are you asking your agent for any input? Like, hey, am I uh, like, you know, do you have legal dibs on this or something? Um, no. Uh, okay. Well, sort of. I, I pinged her before I actually um, uh, started the whole thing and said, okay, this is what I'm doing. Annie, do you have any issues with this? And it's like, nothing here is going to get in the way of anything that we're working on. So no, it's all good. Um, because, you know, the, the thing with the, um, well, I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could self-publish. And, right. Okay. But that's, you know, yeah. So that's what I was, you know, you're not doing um like the serialized novels separate from the Eric Carter world or even if it was somehow a tie in like it's still your property it's still my exactly yeah. yeah okay um yeah because i know that there are things like um it would be considered self published if it was posted and I think, and and I think that's a maybe a little odd because it's such a limited audience. But maybe it depends on how huge your Patreon gets. Um, that something would be considered like if you put it up on Wattpad or or whatever, it would be considered already published, and an agent wouldn't be willing to rep that. Yeah, which is which is something that I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard that too occasionally, but I've also heard the opposite more frequently um, because if you, if you, if you go to an agent and say, Hey, I've got this, um, you know, I, I've got this book that I've been writing on Patreon and this is the draft. And Oh, by the way, 5,000 people have been paying, you know, five bucks a month uh, for the last year and a half as I've been poking around at it. Um, would you be interested in picking it up? Okay, that's going to tell you, I mean, you've got an audience who are willing to pay money and for a thing that maybe isn't, it isn't polished, you know? So that, that I, that's the thing is I don't understand. It's like, why, why would you not consider, uh, something that has clearly, uh, some legs to it right and that's what if, i wondered and, yeah. and i don't know 
I, and 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 I and I think the way I, the way I look at it is if I if I were because I I looked I switched agents last year and I looked around for um ones who mostly be, who had an internet presence who I could kind of take a look at say okay what do they think like how do they what kind of per, you know how do they present what kind of person they are does this look like it might be a fit um and if I ran into somebody saying hey you know I'm not going to take anything if you've self-published then it's like wow I I, I want absolutely nothing to do with you so mm-hmm. that's there's this there's this power dynamic that publishing and the 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 wheels of publishing uh, have over a lot i think a lot of creators in general uh, we don't talk about how much money we make i mean there's it's like well right. how, what did you get for this what, what did you get for I, this I, book? I love when, like, when people yeah when people are willing to do that like alex decampi um, you know, or Colleen Duran, Cameron Hurley, you know, it yeah. seems like women are the ones like that seem to be like at the forefront of saying, look, we need to talk about pay. Yeah. Mainly to see how it, <laughs> unequal it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and um, I mean, I haven't in a while, um, but I have no problem talking about what I'm making off my books. You know, I got uh, um, three book. The this three book deal was for ten uh, k a book, uh, and Daw does with Daw's publisher, and they do um, uh, advances on signing and acceptance. So some publishers do like three or four. Okay, you got your money this time. Okay, now this one, and now here's your chunk, and it ends up being spread out, so it's it's not much. But fortunately, with Daw, I was able to get 15k off the bat. Obviously, going through you know 15% off out of that to my agent. Um, but I think we have to talk about money. I think I think we have to talk about money everywhere. You know, not just not Great, just as yeah. creators, but you know, in, um, in, in all kinds of fields. Well, I mean, that's well, yeah. the thing. I mean, to the point where where there are protests to get you know fast food at a reasonable yeah. wage, and you know, to really stop dehumanizing people based on their jobs. That, and and also, I think, well, rather, yeah, yes, one hundred percent, yes. Um, and I think it tends to be done through shame. Oh, yeah. well, it's just, it's just not done. What yeah. you've, you've committed some faux pas by saying how much money you actually are making. And this is something that, um, that I've, I've always found irritating about the corporate world of, Okay, well, we're going to offer you a job. Here's your offer. It's like, well, that's too low. It's like, sorry, but that's industry standard. Okay, well, if it's industry standard means that you and a bunch of other people in the industry decided that it's industry standard. Mm-hmm. Okay, what what here is actually supporting 
that idea. Uh, like minimum wage. Minimum wage is a fucking joke. You know, it's it's insulting. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's like, it hey, yeah, we're, you're going to get... You you can you need to work uh, full time at this job. Oh, and full time at that job, and don't expect to be able to buy you know insurance or pay rent after doing both of those. Right. Uh, what was that a, a few years back where um, there was a sample budget for McDonald's? Oh employees. my god! Yes, I remember that going you know, around. It's like, okay, wow. There's there's nothing here for transportation. Right. There's nothing here. There was for nothing that said groceries. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. It was so ridiculous, and it's like this is how you 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 know we consider this a livable wage, and it's like, are you right. high? Like, uh, I mean, I actually I think people who are high could make a better budget. Um, yeah. But this well, is why places like you know Denmark and Finland are like happier places to live. You know? <laughs> well, that that's that's one of one of the things about. Just, just that, and and honestly, almost everything in the United States, we have we we all of our institutions are based on shame and punishment. Um, oh, okay. Well, if you're going to work, uh, you know, fast food, well, you're really not worth that much. So we're going to give you just a little money, and everybody else looks at you and goes, oh, well, if you're just a flipper, bur- uh, a burger flipper, then you're you're a nobody. Get right. a real job. Kind of thing. Meanwhile, they have to face things like, you know, being shot if, you know, some they've told somebody to put their mask on, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is, we live in ludicrous times where, you know, the novels that we are writing cannot possibly oh, yeah. be any more, they can't even equal the amount of ridiculous that we are living in. And you're, and we're, I, we're writing about people who like you know can see ghosts and, and whatnot. But but also okay, uh, book four, fire season. Um, spoiler for anybody who doesn't read it, and it's pretty obvious that it is going to happen once you start reading it. Um, L.A. pretty much burns to the ground, and in one night, a hundred thousand people die. And just looking at the number of people who are dying in the nation from one disease, we're already, we're already, I don't think we've hit 100 yet. No, I think it's in the 80s at the moment. No, we're at 92,478 now. Yesterday we were in the 80s. How about that? You know, and just. Wow, I, I look at that and go, wow, maybe maybe I undershot. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. So here, writing this fantasy novel and thinking I'm going to make this devastating impact, right? You know? And oh, and only a hundred thousand, only a hundred thousand. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's at the point, and I'm I was also like sad that like V Wars, the TV series on Netflix, got canceled because that's based on on the series too. Um, because it showed how quickly that was about the va- a vampire virus mm-hmm. showed how insanely quickly it spread. And usually what happens in vampire stories or zombie stories, um, they have such a slow build where it's like, it's such a secret and um, you know, then people can't discover it and they you know they live in secrecy and then all of a sudden there might be like one small colony but other people don't 
don't even know it exists. And, um, you know, it's got that very occult sense to it where you have your believers and your non-believers, but things like iZombie and V Wars were just like, like, fuck people's people are getting this thing (laughs) and and we have to deal with it so in in iZombie it was the city of Seattle and they built built a border wall to keep you know to keep the zombies in and they had this task force of you know the brand new branch of the government and that was actually you know privately run of course of course um you know and it's just like you think that you've created something so outlandish and it's not and then it's, <laughs> yeah, reality hold my beer yes uh, i mean and that's the only thing like we're just we're not getting the superpowers we're just getting dead yes yeah it would be different if we were getting the superpowers yeah it's like the the you know the whole thing with uh with blade runner and cyberpunk it's like okay you know i I can deal with the fact that we would have a really fucked up socioeconomic system, but at least I would have cool tech. Right. Now now I've got fucking TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I won't even sign up. I don't even want another goddamn thing. Like I say that now, but I said that about Instagram too and joined 10 years after. (laughs) Right. So do I, do I get like cybernetic eyes? No, but you do get, invasive software in facebook yes you do get to completely give your privacy away for to play puzzle games on your kindle (laughs) and that's what i do i'm like i never thought i would i would download a so-called free game because i know what they they do for free um but the product but i was yeah exactly but i was just like i got into june's journey and um seeker's note seeker's notes and i'm just like these are fucking brilliant. Like there's story here. There is so much story in these silly games where you have to like, you know, match objects or find objects mm-hmm. hidden in the scene. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, I hope these like, you know, developers and writers got paid enough for this. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, in, in, I mean, it's fact, not like Gears of War. Like, you know, you think of like this big, mon- you know, well, even then, games, but, even you know. then, they don't get paid much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've been up for a couple of different uh, writing positions uh, with video games. And it's been like, wow, that would be, that would be great. It's hard work. I know it's hard work. I know it's going to go into that and I can't afford to take that job. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's that, okay, that that's great. But I'm, you know, if I, if I were living in Portland or Texas or I don't know, fucking anywhere else than LA, uh, that'd be a different story. But the job wouldn't be there. But the job wouldn't necessarily be there. You know, if I, if. Although we have proven, of course, with this pandemic, we have proven how much shit you can do from your home. And we've been arguing this for a long time for things like this. Like, hey, I would like to live by my family who happens to live in, you know, this podunk town in nowhere. Um, You know, and, but it's like, oh, but the job's in New York City. And it's, you know. And the fact that there has always been the resistance to uh, 
to accepting working from home by companies mm-hmm. who yeah has, who... has always has always gotten it, the way the way I keep seeing it is like okay what you're saying then is that you don't trust me you yes, think they want to monitor and babysit all right, you at all times I might not give you the level mm-hmm. of productivity that you are expecting even though if I'm in an office, you're not monitoring my level of productivity as closely there. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was, uh, uh, had a software, uh, a software job and, uh, we had this policy where they put a bunch of people on work from home because they were trying to reduce overhead and sold a bunch of buildings and properties after they'd extended themselves a little too much and bought a couple other companies. So yeah. And that makes sense. You get a a smaller carbon footprint. Well, exactly. There's a lot, there's a lot there. And then a couple of years later, somebody else came into a leadership position and went, no, I don't, I don't believe this. This is, this is not, this is not feasible. Everybody has to come into the office. Oh boy. It's like, okay, why? Why? We've been doing this for the last two, three years and it's been working fine. And in fact, everybody on this team is in, is located in different, at different places. So if I'm going to talk to anybody or work with anybody I'm going to be on the phone or on IM or some kind of video chat or something like that because they're in fucking Texas. So right. <laughs> how, do, how does my coming into an office actually help? What, what is it? What does this gain anybody by my doing it? And I wonder, um, and maybe since, since you're in LA and you have different um, contacts out there, um, obviously things, TV production wise have shut down because of we can't, you know, have more than six feet between or less than six feet between right. us. But typically um, there was always this notion of the writer's room oh, where yeah. you sat around a conference table and, you know, you uh-huh. wrote or you had smaller offices and each person went off and did their scenes and, um, and then you came back and hashed shit out on a whiteboard. Um, so it's like, have we proven that in it in something that is such a team effort that it could be done. I was actually talking to somebody about this yesterday. Okay, and cool. that that's exactly what they're what they're forced to do. It's okay, you're gonna ha- you're having virtual writers rooms. And there are challenges because you're not gonna be you can't really bounce ideas off of each other necessarily as freely or as quickly when you're on a zoom call at least not at first uh than if you'd be you know in an actual writer's room where you know you're kind of just throwing ideas around um so i from what i'm hearing it's yeah it works but there are there are some definite uh issues with it but i think we're going to reach a point where that's going to be a very viable way of doing a lot of it. Uh, Honestly, I don't know, because right now the whole thing is up, the the whole industry is up in the air. Uh, Yes, yeah. You know, 
<laughs> and and the conversation is like, hey, at least I'm employed. It's like, yeah, that's great because it's only going to last for like another, you know, two months. Um, a lot. I mean, a lot of stuff shut shut down until August. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not like things aren't happening. Um, they're just having to adjust. And I mean, I I have a very small sample. Um of like two people <laughs> who told me about it. Uh, but I can't imagine that that's not a fairly common experience because it's an adjustment. No matter what, it's an adjustment. You're going from you know being in a room with a bunch of people to seeing a bunch of boxes on a screen and hope that they know which one you're looking at because everybody's got the different boxes in different locations. And if I'm not looking at my camera, I'm not looking out. And so, so do I look like I'm like staring off into space? What? I don't know. Um, it's, that's going to, that's going to be an adjustment for anybody. Yeah. And, and even just with, because of the technology, like we're, you know, this is, you know, voice over IP, um, even just occasionally like what we want to do is is talk at the exact same time to be like yes affirmative i agree and yeah um you know and it doesn't let you because it needs one speaker at a time uh so it's just like but that's not how we talk but it might it might gradually happen like the same thing with how tweets and texting has changed language and made words shorter and meaningless and it just looks like you know things <laughs> that aliens... using emoticons for everything yeah exactly like we're just yeah we're using uh, pictograms and just uh you know like brb it's like you know it there just might be language change along with etiquette change oh there's uh, definitely going to be etiquette change um and and I think we're because I I think the technology is already catching up to deal with some of those things. Uh, Zoom, for example, it's not a one per it's not a one person talking thing. You can have it's up to the host to let people talk or keep them quiet right. or whatever because they're in charge of that. But um, you can have everybody talking all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's chaos, obviously. But um, but you, it's doable, and I think there are probably a lot of companies right now looking at Zoom's success because they've they've just skyrocketed since all this happened, um, and going we can do better, and exactly. they're going to, you know, we're going to see more advances of okay, well, this one gives us you know, uh, a better experience. This one's faster. This one's, you know, whatever. Yeah. You Um, just might have more options and, you know, and that's going to actually employ more people specifically to be like admins of those tools. Yeah. Cause you'll need them, you know, and they'll use AI for some of it and this, you know, and so on, but you're still gonna, you're still gonna have that. Um, and in terms of etiquette, you know, what, what's the etiquette for being on a zoom call? Okay. Well, do I have to wear pants? I know. Right. <laughs> you know, if I'm on a, if I'm on a, a an audio call, well, I don't have to shave or I can be in pajamas. No. Hell, I could be sitting naked on the toilet. And as long as I don't flush, nobody knows. 
Uh, exactly. But at at some point, you know, what what's it going to turn? What's going to be um, you know acceptable behavior? Hey, Bob, can you can you make sure you mute before you sneeze and blow out all our eardrums? <laughs> you know, and that turn and that's going to become a thing. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, but it's I, there are going to be changes. Yeah, we're, we're gonna. Um, God, I don't remember what it was. Uh, um, it was an article. My wife sends me all sorts of um, medical uh, or uh, she's she's she has she's got a medical background and she's fascinated with just a lot of the uh the stuff with uh the coronavirus going on right now um but she sent me an article and the point of the article was we don't give enough credence to the uh effect that the 1918 flu had on the following decades because after that we had a big rise in nationalism a big rise in uh, uh, religions and, mm-hmm. and and really kind of growing in, in certain ways there and also uh, a, a lot more risk-taking behavior, you know, the 1920s, right? And so the, the, the premise of the article was uh, – if you look We're at repeating that, history. <laughs> yeah, if you look at that, you're going to have a lot of societal change based on just from the simple fact of, holy shit, I can die. Right, you so know, why don't I, I go... So why don't I do X, Y, Z? Exactly, why don't you I know? go, like, you know, snort a few lines or whatever. And... Yeah, and and I, I'm I'm a little I'm a little worried about what we're going to get out of it. I mean, I think we're already seeing some things coming out just from like conspiracy theories and it truly is. And you can tell that the protests that are going on, like people are taking pictures and they're proving that these people are actual Nazis, um, you know, and and that it's being organized by like three people. They're just good at organizing. Um, And but we saw it here in Jersey. Jersey's known for the, the shore. And Atlantic City. And so the governor said, okay, I will open the boardwalks, but as long as you guys follow the rules, sure enough, the pictures that came out were everybody crammed together and partying. Yeah. And it's just like, you fucking morons. Um, I mean, I get being happy and wanting to celebrate, but it's, there's, we still aren't there yet. So I think, I think the idea of, well, let's do a slow transition. I don't think people are even going, they just want to leap. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't think, I don't think we'll, I don't think we will have a slow trend in some places we will, but a lot of places you, you are just going to have that leap because people, people are stupid. Just Absolutely. In, yeah. I say that all the time. I'm like a person can be smart, but people are yeah, stupid. Okay. I think I got that from house. So thank you, Dr. House. Um. <laughs> uh, and that's the kind of behavior that we're going to see, particularly, you know, we don't have answers. And when there's 
crisis like this, people want answers and they will go looking for them wherever they can. And if it's a conspiracy theory that says, hey, look at A, B, C, D, hey, that means that this is happening, then it can be really easy to get sucked into that and go, oh my God, it's, you know, it's, you know, the Democrats are doing this, the Republicans are doing this, or take it back to the, you know, 20s and 30s. It's all the Jews' fault, you know. Yeah, like, which there's you know, still Nazi yeah. Germany and 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 all that. <clears throat> yeah, um, people are still going around and saying such nonsense like that. Yeah, because because they're answers, they're wrong answers, and they're, they're not wrong answers, answers, but they are answers. Yeah, you're right, and but it's just... it, and you know, as we speak of publishing, people can publish whatever the fuck they want, so they can be like, "Here's the textbook we're going to use," and so much of like. Native history and Black history was not covered thoroughly or not covered very mm -hmm. well um, in our history books. And it, you know, we we went through certain things that, you know, like the famous enough things, you know, right? Like, but that, well, the like, there was a limit that were okay. Like, yeah, but like, I never heard of like Wilma Manhunter or you know Winona Laduke until like you know the last few years. And it's a shame. And um, yeah, it's so in the scheme of we're repeating history, um, people have referenced, you know, the Spanish flu in the, you know, 1918 to 1919. And, and as soon as you see a quote by our, you know, the dope in the White House, people take it as fact. And um, it's just like, uh, in fact, uh, do you follow Dr. Jen Gunter? She's amazing. Um, she gets in fights with Gwyneth Paltrow all the time. <laughs> um, no, but for, I am going to now. Yeah. So, um, so she was just posting, she was just making a thread of people's like favorite, um, like medical hoaxes or whatever, like favorite bad uh, studies, because like you said, like sample size too is not much of a sample size. Um, so when it comes to doing a, a good clinical trial, you need to each phase increase, you know, as you move from like animal testing, mm -hmm. which I don't even know why they do anymore, but eventually you start with a small sample size of people that, you know, have a certain condition versus people who don't. These are usually just men who are healthy, <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, and so that's part of the problem. Um, and then you gradually make the sample size bigger to get better data. And that's um, it, that size just for statistics is important because when like people are, are doing those like um, ancestry tests, mm -hmm. the bulk of the data is white European data. So until more people who are something besides that start adding to the actual records, Mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, like there was some, like, I, I was, it was hilarious when I, the podcast I was listening to, it was like, a, you know, a woman who is like completely Indian, like Indian parents from India and, and her thing came back with like all these other like nonsense factors. And, um, and you can submit, like, say you submit it again, you'll get like a whole different set of results. So, <laughs> um, so it's, 
and it's all because of data and that's just how it works with sample sizes and statistics. So um, when, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I, I don't know why I get so hung up on it because I did not do well in college statistics. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did, uh, I did take courses a little bit in, in clinical trial information. So uh, Dr. Jen Gunter was uh, asking people for their favorite terrible clinical trials and, um, you know, the, the famous one about supposedly, you know, vaccines cause autism. And it's like that guy admitted he, you know, when he was forced uh -huh. to, that he made it all up. <laughs> like, and, and he lost his license. Yeah. I mean, like you can point out and say, it is not true. Here, here is, here are all of the legal documents that say it's not true. And belief is belief. Yeah. So, um, which does bring me around to another subject that I wanted to talk to you about as long as you have time. Um, you mentioned how, you know, like there could be an increase or a decrease in, in faith going through this. Like, are we, are, are people saying there's absolutely no God who would do this? Or are people saying I need something that's bigger than me in my life? Cause I've, I've gone up and down and, and through things. And I'm at that point again, where I'm like, I just need something bigger than me, even if it's not real. Like, mm -hmm. I just, no, just I, I, yeah, I mean, that's, that makes, that makes perfect sense. I think like, all even the scientific brain inside me is just saying like, it's just atoms. It's just, you know, it's just yeah, and whatever. whatever. And whether it's belief in a higher power or if it's, uh, belief in in human kindness or mm -hmm. just anything i think people need things not even need but are just naturally going to gravitate toward uh toward things that are going to that are going to reinforce what they already feel you know, if, oh, well, you know, this person is kind of is, you know, lapsed Catholic and all this shit has happened well, maybe they're going to, maybe they're going to go back to the church, maybe right. you know, go back into it and, and become, you know, more involved. You know, we've got a lot of just crackpot evangelical bullshit going on out there. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to see more of it. Yeah. I watched a fascinating series. It's on Hulu right now. It was made a couple years ago. Elizabeth Vargas, um, is the main host. Um, obviously, there's a team of people involved in, in its creation, but it's about cults and extreme beliefs. Um, and I found it fascinating. I mean, like, even to the point where that, like, Warren Jeffries dude gets sent to prison. Um, th so there's still this small pocket of people in this absolutely dead town that have his portrait in every room in their house even though he's in jail and they, you know, and they still live in that specific way that he, as they call the prophet defined, you know, they, they make, Oh, you know, they have a certain dress pattern and that's the dresses that they make and they have polygamy. And, um, uh -huh. and so the people who have left their, um, their, church or whatever you want to call it it's a cult but it, you know the the people who have left there have been like look we we want to help you you know we did spend our lives with you and we want to give you 
give you back something to help so that because this town is clearly dead so they're trying to um like invest in buying up properties and welcoming business and uh reopening a clinic because the clinic had to close and these uh, folks who are still in this brainwashed state of their profit uh they're just like well i won't go to that clinic and it's like they're trying to help you like you literally have no actual medicine in your town (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's that but god will provide yes god has provided he gave us penicillin yes (laughs) exactly and he's delivering you these people who are you know it's there's it's like a there's this joke about uh uh a storm and floods are are taking over this town and there's a a priest who's praying to god you know deliver me from this and a car drives up and says hey preacher come on in we're going to picking people up so no no there's more important people than me and this goes Uh on as the waters are are coming up and he's on the next floor and with the flooding and there's a boat goes by and he ends up no no you know go go after more deserving people and he gets up to the roof and a helicopter comes by and says no no other people and then of course he ends up drowning he goes up to goes up to heaven and he says god why didn't you save me dude i sent you a car a boat a helicopter <laughs> yes <laughs> i think faith is going to i i think that kind of issue with uh with extreme faith I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see more of it. Um, I have no evidence that we will, but I believe, uh, speaking of belief, uh, that we probably will. Uh, I hope not. And I'm not sure what the hell I could do about it anyway. Well, it's, what is so mesmerizing about it, just watching and, and like, if you were an alien studying our society, it's like, you know, we have this idiot like Trump who does not believe anything that his followers want. He, you know, he's on like wife number gazillion and has children by all different women and he cheats on everybody and he cheats on his taxes. And, uh, you know, he's, everything he says is a lie he can't run a proper business without going bankrupt i mean and yet they're like oh well here are our tenants of not stealing and not killing and being faithful and yada yada and they're yada getting their their top number one which is thou shalt be a hypocrite uh, yeah so it's like uh, you know that's why i feel like there's like a brainwashing there's something like but this is your creed right here. And this individual stands for none of this. And that's who you're going to allow to have power. Like, it just makes no sense. It, and whether that's a religious leader or a politician, I mean, it goes both ways. Yeah. I, you, you're never going to, you're never going to convince a true believer. You know, you can argue and they're still going to come up with something because, they're a true believer. You know, you can't shake up. You you can't you can't argue God out of existence because somebody is going to 
believe strongly enough that they'll just throw everything that you that you toss. Yeah, but what about this? Oh, it's God's will. Mm-hmm. I mean that that kind of that kind of thing just shuts down a conversation. I was reading a, an article on uh, uh, Waco because I think it's like it was a couple of days ago. It was twentieth. Yeah, there's a new series about years. it as well. Okay. Yeah, um, and it was a quote from somebody who I think he was with. He was on the team uh, with the FBI who said, um, "Oh God, what was it?" Ha- there's no point in, in having a theological discussion with someone who believes he's Christ. You're you're yeah. not going to win. I mean, it's like yeah. no matter what, you, it's it's a losing proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and one of the things uh, about these sort of cult um, mentalities is it's always about the end of the world, and they're ready for it. In, but then it's like, and and I will say this, and I've and I've said it publicly before. I think um, I have I have relatives who are the the, the preppers types. Uh-huh. The you know they stockpile everything. They have fifty cans of coffee. They have you know like I don't know just a ridiculous amount of stuff. They built a bunker for Y two K. Like they you know and and then you know COVID nineteen comes along and people are quarantined. And it's like, okay, so now this is the time for you to use that stockpile. Like, this is not the time for you to go rushing back off to Costco to say, I need more. Like, you've stockpiled yeah, for is, an emergency. This is, this is your emergency. emergency. Right. And, and, I, and they, it just doesn't quite get Well, through. because this, is, this isn't the emergency where they can shoot it. Yes, you can't shoot the virus. I mean, a lot of the, and I, I, I understand the prepper mentality. Mm-hmm. My dad was like a sort of a, a pseudo mini prepper, um, where he would. I mean, we had so many boxes of of MREs. Right. Well, we used to too, but shit. Yeah. But I mean, it, it. But it used to be like enough to get through like a bad storm. You know. Yeah. Or okay, you know you're you're gonna have, or <laughs> we're gonna have nuclear winter, so you better stock up. Uh, <laughs> but there's there's a practical aspect, and then there's the wow, you just kind of took this, you know, a little a little too far, mm-hmm. um, and you end up having to wonder what sort of emergency were they trying to prep for in the first place right like well i've got that's what i don't AR, understand you know ar7s and okay why why yeah it's this is well you know oh, and it's uh, to protect their 50 cans of coffee apparently uh i guess oh God, <laughs> there's a there's a gun store uh here in la uh it's been around forever. And the day that uh, the state government was starting to talk about, hey, yeah, we're probably going to be having to shut down non-essential businesses, um, the place got flooded. Mm-hmm. There was a line a block long outside that store of people going in and 
I don't know. Are they getting, are they getting ammunition? Are they getting, are, are they trying to buy new guns? What, you know, and I, and I wonder how many people went there saying, I'm going to, I, I got to get myself a gun. Is that great? Sign here, do that. Give me your money. We'll get it to you in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> not quite, not quite getting how it works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's shit like this makes people go crazy. It, yeah, obviously. Um, because we've seen them lose their minds out there. They're like those, the people that were, what was it? Um, oh God, Texas and Georgia sometimes are equally crazy. I can't remember which one it was, but they were, um, wanted their gym to reopen. So they were out there like doing, um, pushups and squats on the sidewalk as their form of protest. Right. In which and case, like, I, I wonder why do you need the gym? Yeah. And it, yeah, exactly. And it's like, um, it's like, okay, pushups are not going to save you from a virus. Like there's such a thing as a healthy body, but there's also such a thing as being a carrier while being in a healthy body and spreading shit. Well, I, but, um, I, but I look healthy. Yes. Plenty of people look healthy. And then, you know, there are people that's, and, and then that's, you know, of course, with, with all the invisible illnesses out there, it's like, but you don't look sick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's it's like, that's, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you could, you could be crawling with all kinds of things. Yeah. And funny, you don't look like an asshole, but you, yeah, but you are. Yeah. Um, so before I, I let you go, because we were going to talk about ghosts and, we were. and, and, monsters and cryptids and all this exciting stuff and it all and i can't even remember why you were you had done something on twitter that got into this big discussion about ghosts and um so as long as you're okay time wise i want to hear about ghosts okay because uh, we're living in a, you know so, in a in a place where like you know if ten thousand people a day are dying or whatever like there's probably we're, we're a lot probably, of ghosts around we'll probably see a few ghosts yeah um yeah i got i got bored I think this was last week and I just started um, talking about parapsychology and uh, something I, I haven't really discussed in a really long time because I used to be super into it to the, how do I, how do I get, what kind of education do I need to get in order to have this be the kind of thing I'm studying? And this was of course, many years ago mm -hmm. uh, yeah i remember you like those cards where like you have the the, the star the way uh -huh. okay the wavy lines and whatnot you see it in ghostbusters the original of you if you, yeah you don't know what they are and yeah so i mean so i was just i was just talking about you know ex people's experiences and some of the some of the stuff that's gone into uh I don't even want to, I see, I don't even know where, where the field's at at this point. Um, but things that have gone into uh, making parapsychology what it is. Uh, and I started talking about uh, the Ryan experiments at Duke University in the 30s. And that's what had the conversation about, about Zenner cards. Um, the, these experiments were uh pretty simple 
you have someone who can't see the cards and you've got you've got a deck with uh five i think it's four sets of five cards something like that but there are five cards there's circle square star wavy line and a plus and uh they're called zener cards z-e-n-e-r after the guy who actually um uh, designed them and the idea is that the person who is the experimenter is on one side of you know a board or something where they can't be seen uh and they overturn a card and the person on the other side uh the subject is supposed to guess what the card is and when they first started doing these they got and this and this is this is one of the things that makes people start snoring when you start talking about parapsychology <laughs> uh because all of it is based on math. It's all statistics. Uh, they were right. getting, they were getting hits. Uh, somebody being able to, t- who's who's uh, guessing right, an unusually high number of times. And if there's nothing that, and if you've controlled for everything, then something whatever you want to call it, whatever you, you think it may or may not be, something is influencing that. And in these, in these experiments, they were getting really, they were getting really uh, statistically significant hits. And some things got pointed out and they had some issues with them. And they redid them. And, and, and this is, this is over decades. And uh, these were run by, um, uh, Joseph Banks Ryan and Louisa Ryan uh, at they started they they ended up going to Duke University they started it outside um, but they were botanists so I don't know what the hell made botanists go you know what let's, let's, <laughs> let's study mentalism thing. <laughs> yeah um, and uh, they they wrote a they wrote a lot of papers. Uh, it's good information. It's interesting. Um, I hate math, so my eyes glaze over with some of those. But um, it's over the years. It's it's had some interesting. I think is interesting um, because, like we were talking about earlier with belief, if you believe then chances are you're going to go, oh, okay, that that makes sense. And if you don't, you go, this is bullshit. You know, and a lot of, that's always, that's always been the case. I mean, the, the uh, Victorian era, spiritualism. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the theosophy. Had, and it, Exactly. And, you know, and, yeah. and uh, Houdini. Houdini. <laughs> Houdini. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and debunk those things. And uh, I mean, there was a famous one where where the Fox sisters, and these are the ones who always, who always come up as sort of like, these were the first really, everybody knew who they were um, uh, mediums. And it turned out that one of them was able to shift her knee to bump a table to make that shake. And the other one, could crack her toes 
so loud (laughs) (laughs) that it sounded like somebody was knocking on the table. Um, so you, you have these, you have these things of, um, you know, this, this extraordinary experience that people going, Oh my God, look at this. And then somebody comes in and walks in and says, no, because this, this, and this. And, and that, that has always happened. I mean, if you talk to a stage magician about, um, about any kind of paranormal, uh, event, they'll tell you, Oh, well do this, 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 and you recreate it. And, and for the record, um, I don't necessarily think I believe in ghosts. Sometimes, you know, I know that there's weird shit out there, and that's and that's about it. And that that opinion has shifted over over years. Just in fact, the more I've read, the less convinced I've gotten. Um, and there are other things like, okay, wait a minute, yeah, that actually does make sense. Um, but. But like I was saying, you talk to, you know, a, a, stage magician, a stage magician and they say, yeah, well, you can create it this way. And the the person who believes like, oh, no, it had to have been this. And I think there's a middle ground of, of that for people to be in the question and just note the evidence. Because, yeah every effect can be created. The question is, was it? Right. Um, well, let's say, you know, people are still trying to ponder like how the pyramids were built. I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's, there's all sorts of, all sorts of situations like that where like, Oh no, like this. Uh, oh God. I'm trying to think of one. Um, what one? Uh, the Black Monk of Pontefract. This was a uh, poltergeist that uh, has has been considered one of the most violent. And uh, I grabbed this. This is Pontefract, England, and the uh, the house was either on or across the street from a gallows where a monk had been hung uh, for raping and murdering some girl in the village. And supposedly that is the spirit that's in this house. And they had, you know, the usual experiences of things being knocked over, noises happening. Um, But then they started getting attacked. And one girl had, uh, was grabbed by the hair and dragged downstairs Right. So, so when these things happen and even though like, I'm sure Hollywood wise, because special effects are amazing, things can be recreated. But when something happens to somebody, how is, how is that debunked and explained? Well, and that's, and that's the thing is you get, it comes down to the, could it have been faked? Yes. Was it? Uh, if you if you are going into the situation and saying okay this is all this is this could not possibly be because ghosts do not exist etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, 
well, then you're calling this girl a liar. You're calling her parents liars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're calling other people who have experienced things in the house liars. And that's that's a that's a, a, an even more cynical way of viewing the world, I think, than than I do, and I'm pretty cynical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I mean, it's one thing of, oh, we heard a noise. Okay. Yeah. You all heard the noise, but what does that mean? You know? Yeah. I mean, was, was no- noises happen. Delay? Yeah. Temperatures, okay. temperatures can change. It, I right. understand okay. that. Oh my God. But... There's, there's a cold spot. Dude, you're under the air conditioner. Yeah. Um, there, you know, certain things, but then like when you're sitting in bed and you actually feel the where nobody is and it, you actually feel the bed go down it's like okay somebody's but sitting yeah, oh, look, on we're my bed. <laughs> yeah yeah so over here we just write it off as the cats and we just enjoy our cat ghosts um uh, although i'm pretty sure that that i my grandfather's spirit did visit once but um it's again to me physics is more able to explain than to not explain like you know it's energy like energy gets you know goes other ways and goes to other places and um you know people probably never thought that they could record on wax cylinders and and yet, yeah like there's stuff in there I mean, and it makes sound yeah i mean there there are there are things we simply don't know and don't understand and one of one of the things that has i hate to use the word haunted uh Uh parapsychology in general is the fact that it's called parapsychology uh it was originally psychology is originally you know attached to philosophy so it's got points against it right there. And then you have parapsychology, which is, okay, we're talking about psychology, but this is, I don't know if this is, you talk, you think, so are we talking mind stuff, but now you're telling me about ghosts. Mm-hmm. And I've, I think that it would have suffered less if it had been lumped in with physics. Uh, and just, you know, anomalous shit. Because there are, there are things that uh, psychology simply, you know, looking at it from, from a, um, a belief perspective or perception and all that. Yeah, they're, they're all useful uh, aspects, but if you want empirical data on uh, some kind of, you know, paranormal event, you need to have a way to record it and a way to analyze it and a way to recreate it. Yes. That's yeah. As far as the scientific method goes, you have to be able to, to have repeated the outcome. Yeah. And one thing that I will give all of these, uh, ghost hunter tv shows uh is that they all whether they're doing it correctly or whether they're actually 
doing anything useful with it, they're all at least trying to make an attempt at showing instrumentation. Hey, mm-hmm. we've got an EM field detector. And, you know, they, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're watching these idiot dude bros and <laughs> green light uh, IR bumping through some old asylum squealing yeah. because, oh my God, I heard something. Uh, and then and spider say, webs oh. touch your face. And, right. I mean, it's still scary. Right. You're literally oh, yeah, putting people and in a scary predicament. They, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. they're sensationalism. That's all they are. They're just, they're shows. They're, yeah, know. of course. And, they're entertainment. Yeah. yeah. And a couple, and there are a couple that actually, like, uh, are not nearly that bad. They actually seem to go, okay, you're, you're actually going to look at this and take this seriously. Um, and not just run around screaming in the dark mm-hmm. and bumping into things and, you know, but they'll show things like, yeah, we have cameras. See, we've got, you know, IR cameras and we've got EM field detectors and we've got, therm- you know, the, these, uh, uh, thermometers that we use to check for cold spots. And yeah, it's, it's stupid what they're doing but they are pulling from uh, ideas and um, and real life equipment of people who are actually uh, who are actually trying to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's possible that like things like, the invention of the camera and the cell phone and you know that maybe the technology is just isn't there yet to capture what would scientifically prove this to the to the science world you know what yeah. i'm saying like maybe I, we yeah, just don't think... the tech that you know maybe in a thousand years if the planet exists you know yeah, <laughs> there'll be there'll actually yeah uh, well that that's one of the things i, I always I hadn't realized when I saw it and it wasn't until later when I, I started digging into this stuff. Um, a lot of the stuff in Ghostbusters, uh-huh. uh, Dan Aykroyd is very, uh, very into the paranormal. He was a member of uh, uh, the American Society for Psychical Research uh a lot of the stuff that he talks about or that they talk about in the movie um like uh uh you know book stacking and tunguska and and they also have a thing with zener cards right uh, they do yeah. yeah where they where they shock the guy yeah. yes every time he gets um, it wrong uh but there is there is stuff that exists that they clearly pulled from like the uh, ghost classification, there actually is, uh, and this this uh, I think it was in the fifties. I got the book around here somewhere. Um, or it was it like was, if something's malevolent versus yeah, if it's poltergeist. Yeah, but, well, versus, yeah. Well, this was this was uh, it's a book called Apparitions, and I think it's, it was written in the fifties. I think the fifties, and it started with 
a uh, um, a survey that was done in Britain by the Society for Psychical Research uh, called the Census of Hallucinations, and they all they did was they collected a bunch of stories of people who said they'd seen a ghost or something odd or you know, but but primarily you know just they saw they saw a ghost of something or you know i saw a grandpa and then he talked to me and then i found out that he died an hour before that kind of thing and yeah like that's, that's all weird they did shit. Was just collect these things so the guy started there and took these his name was george tyrell um book is apparitions you can i'm sure there's i know i'm sure it's out of print but i'm sure you know it can be found somewhere um where he took these and he kind of put everything into their own little boxes go okay so we've we've got uh and, and he basically had four classes there was um experimental apparitions okay we're going to we're going to sit here and try to do astral projection and bob do you see me down the hall kind of thing uh where you could where someone saw something and found out that yeah he was trying to contact you or you know somehow purposely attempting to to do this uh to create an apparition uh the second is the crisis apparition and it's the um yeah i saw i saw you know frank he appeared in my in my uh bedroom and then i found out at the exact moment he was drowning in the river or was in a car crash and i you know just things like the things that were that were based around a crisis uh and then you have class 3 which are the post mortem apparitions and you know that th- those are your dead guys uh but there's a cutoff on there because okay how at what point do you call it a crisis apparition versus a uh postmortem apparition i think i think they kind of he came up with like it's about 24 hours is what he sort of arbitrarily tossed in there um so if you know so whether how fresh the ghost so how is. fresh it is it, yeah exactly <laughs> and and then you have class four, which are hauntings. And these are things that, uh, apparitions that appear on a semi-regular basis in a location. These are the ones that, um, uh, that there are stories about, whether it's a, uh, you know, ghostly hitchhiker or, uh, Lord Ruthbottom in Ruthbottom Hall, who, you know, well, yeah, the, Amityville Horror Place. Uh, right? yeah. I, wasn't that based on a real thing or something? That, I don't know. I've never seen it or read it or anything. Uh, that one gives me a headache. Okay. Um, yeah, that it was that that was that the, falls into too scary for for me. Yeah, and, so and I, it, that I, one I that know. one was bullshit. Okay. Um, and it's funny because that one comes up a lot, and yeah, the people who actually went and looked into it you know, who, from, from the people who study parapsychology and they, and they looked into it and they walked out and went, yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. It didn't, it didn't, 
it didn't go any further than that because I said, "Yeah, we're I don't I don't know what the, what these people's problem is." Okay. Um, but then, but, but that, like as you're saying, there are all of these other examples. But, well, of exactly thing, things, and like, uh, and then again, and that kind of turns into that same thing of, yeah, it can be fake, but was it? And sometimes the mm-hmm. answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have these uh, these four classes. And you look at Ghostbusters and you have things like the class five free floating phantasm. <laughs> okay. Because, and, and I think they, they and was this the librarian? The, the, that would yeah. be the librarian yeah. example. Yeah. Okay. And, and they called it, you know, Tobin's spirit guide. guide well, yes. George Tyrell's apparitions. Uh, they had a, uh, what, one of the, like the, not the villain so much as the historical, you know, the person who who built the the summoning circle or whatever, uh, Evo Shandor. Okay, well, uh-huh. in the thirties, uh, a Hungarian reporter uh, wrote an encyclopedia uh, called the Encyclopedia of Psychic Science, and it's it's great just from a perspective of like as a writer to look at different things. Some of it's like, okay, that's useless but this is interesting um and his name was nandor fodor i love that name and well it's like fodor's travel guide like yeah, yes yeah <laughs> uh, so i mean you see the little those those kinds of those kinds of things so um there has been as i think there has been science done i think that uh it conclusively proves absolutely nothing um true believers are just as bad as true skeptics as far as i'm concerned uh because i've run into both of them and they're just fucking insufferable (laughs) (laughs) but but it's got no wait how can you how can you say that this is this thing this it's the spirit how by what criteria what do you what are you basing this on and the same thing of oh it's obviously a fake it's like all right well i could have done this but it's like yeah but i don't see any pulleys i don't see any you know how how did they do this based on what you're actually seeing here um but i don't think we have and i don't think we're ever going to get at least you know, like I said, maybe in a thousand years when the technology gets to a particular point, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I will recommend that the TV show on CBS called Evil. Um, it did have, I mean, it has a first season so far um, and it's religious based because um, it's a man going into the priesthood. Um, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Coulter, the guy who's, who was Luke Cage. Um, okay. And uh and it's and it's just interesting because this is ex- exactly how they set up their so-called their their team to determine whether something is real or not. Um, they have a a, a woman who's a, a doctor and a psychologist, a psychiatrist or psychologist, and um, and then they have like their nerd guy who knows all the tech stuff of how something could be faked or or you know whatever he's like not just software engineering but like actual engineering 
and then you have the priest. So it's this interesting trio, um, you know, checking out whether people are actually possessed or not. Okay. Uh, and um, so it's like, it's very well acted and, and it does, you know, it gets into some of the like actual social um, causes, well, not causes, but it, it, issues that are going on, like the incel movement, like how this demon infiltrates like through the message boards and convinces you know these incels to go shoot you know so and so up and um you know and and how they're chosen to represent uh, you know their population of white male jag <laughs> jagweeds and you know and that sort of thing so it's it, it is interesting and entertaining and and the actors are fantastic um I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So if you get um you know, if you have CBS, it's I don't think it was only the all access version. I think it was regular CBS. But um yeah, it's just called Evil. So it's it would be a fun watch. Um and a few years ago there was a comic I loved. It was a mini series called Skeptics. And it was talking about the you know, just like the stuff that we're talking about, the how um uh, the U.S. was trying to beat Russia in, um, you know, having uh, reading minds, mind control, astral projection, and all and all of this stuff. But it was a great comic. And um, let's say, oh, Wanderers by Chuck Wendig. If you haven't read that since we were oh, yeah. talking about the, the pandemic, um, and how much you should trust uh, computers or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, but like a belief system the, in Wanderers, the people that go around protecting this flock of people um, who are seemingly possessed, um, but it's not possession in a religious context, it's a science context. Um, so the people that are protecting them as they walk around the the country are called shepherds. Um, cause they're walking around and they're, you know, making sure that they're safe. And also just from a belief factor, you know, that there's something so special about these chosen people that, um, that they must serve a higher power. So, um, interesting, long, long read, I will say, but interesting in these times, or maybe you want to stay away from that but <laughs> if it's too much. <laughs> I, I definitely recommend recommend wanderers it's, it's a great book yeah um so are you doing um i've been in very much enjoying that noir at the bar has been virtual since I, i've been able to to get there so to speak i can log in and actually hear people and reading their their stories and just socializing uh -huh. so um is your la version of noir at the bar doing virtual podcast? i actually haven't been involved with it for a couple years now oh. um it just i i just wasn't able to um commit as much and uh uh eric beatner and oh my god i can't remember his last name um now i forget uh but uh, eric beatner's been i mean he and i uh got it going years ago and he's just kept it going okay um, so somebody's somebody's oh yeah it's something. still happening it's, and he's and and that's the thing is 
he's always been the driver for that. Um, you know, it was, he's, he's just very kind of geared into, uh, uh, sort of just the, the noir mystery writers in general. So I don't know if LA is doing, uh, virtual, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not, or hasn't looked into it. Yeah. I was, yeah. So the like New Jersey and I believe the either, I don't know if there's just like one in New York, but the one that, um, I Alex, think there's two in New York. Okay. It might be Queens. Yeah. Cause Tom, Todd, Tom, Todd Robinson was doing one. Okay. And, and Alex, Alex Aguero was doing another one. Doing, yeah. Um, yeah. So I joined the Jersey group the other night and it was wonderful to actually, Finally, because I mean, otherwise I would never make it out to any of these bars at that time of night on a week mm-hmm. <laughs> weekday and and still drive myself back. It would just be too late at night for somebody like me. I'm in bed by like six. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just like I can be in bed and log in like that. I can do. <laughs> um, so if anybody has any interest in and you like that sort of thing where authors get to read uh, a little bit of their own work. There's um, an anthology coming out called Lockdown. So I got to hear people reading some of those stories and or at least a chapter from this from those stories about about this particular time. So that's interesting. Um, But otherwise, um, since I there's no point in asking you if you're you're going to be touring anywhere yeah <laughs> um what any announcements you got the patreon anything else you want to go over before i let you go um buy my books ghost buy money books. just came out uh i like it other people seem to like it uh buy all the rest of them so you know what's going on because that's book number five and uh i think that's it Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm boring. You're not boring. That's why I love talking to you. <laughs> I don't have anything going on. So yeah, okay, yeah, I've got, you know, Derek Carter books. Buy my books. Please. Yes. It's wonderful. And, and follow him on Twitter. <laughs> follow him on Twitter, definitely. Um, and join his Patreon if you can, or at least retweet and share. Um, if you're like me, you will just kind of gloss over some of the, um, let me see. Nahuatl words in did I say that or even close? Oh Nahuatl. Nahuatl Nahuatl words. Yeah. The, the um, L is the L the is not there. silent. Okay. So yeah. um yeah, so, yeah, so we're like talking Nahuatl. about like pre Aztec or is it um Um a lot well those the uh uh Aztec mythology figures heavily in the Eric Carter series. Yeah. And so uh, there's the gods that are talked about. Um, they can be a little confusing, and I apologize. And I sometimes I, I look back and go, "Why did I? Why did I go for Aztec again?" Because, <laughs> huh? Well, I mean, I've had to I've had to train every everything I have from Gmail to you know, word or, or whatever. Um, a lot of add to dictionary. Exactly. You know, yeah. Quickly, make text swat, all that. It just, 
Yeah. I was using like, <laughs> I, hey, I know. I was using like Tua Danan, like, uh, you know, Celtic words in my manuscript and it kept coming up. And I, I was just like, seriously? Like, I mean, I get some of them, but it's hard when it's something that's more than one word. So it's like, like this, these three words together are one thing or they're a name, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how to like, just say, okay, if it was spelled wrong, then I want to know, but I need like these three words to be the same when they appear. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a challenge. And I've run said, into my, that too. My typing sucks. So it was, you know, I did a lot of copy paste, especially because of accents. I'm like, damn, like, you know, I I didn't have any kind of keyboarding that involved learning how to type letters with (laughs) accents. So um, it slows things down. But um, but so that's where we are. So Ghost Money is out. Eric Carter, number five. You can follow uh, Stephen Blackmore on Twitter and his Patreon. Um. Does your dog have an Instagram or or no? She does not. She probably should. If okay. I could ever actually get a picture of her. Because she's, <laughs> she's either sleeping or vibrating. <laughs> so it's just a blur. <laughs> just a blur. This yeah. black streak. Yeah. Um, those can be fun too. I do that. A lot of my chipmunk <laughs> pictures are like that. <laughs> it's, it's like that blur right there is a chipmunk. Um all right, so you guys um, can follow me on Twitter at Elizabeth Amber. My Patreon is Amber Unmasked, and my website is Amber Unmasked, and my Instagram is Amber Unmasked. Usually, I don't get the same name from platform to platform, so it's a little bit harder, but that's why Twitter is different, Elizabeth Amber. Um, but thank you, Stephen, so much, because I, I could pick your brain and talk about writing and publishing and viruses and religion and and a lot of stuff for a long long time so i appreciate that you spent some extra time here well thank you it was fun all right so uh take care everybody and stay safe and wear your mask